Hi, Rainer. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely horrible. We just recorded the whole podcast and realized I was not recording my audio. So this is actually our second take. <laughs> this is the second take. And we've wow. been doing this for over 41 episodes, and this is the first time it's happened, so we're actually quite blessed. Yeah, this actually has never happened to us before, so I am just ecstatic beyond words that we've made it so far without a huge mistake. And I'm not mad at you at all. I'm sure you're not. I can tell in your voice you're not mad at all. <laughs> I have only love and appreciation for you. Hey, guess what? What? Today is Tuesday. Tuesday, the- it's yes. two, 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 two. Two, two. It Did is- you, at 2.22, say, hey, it's two, 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 two. It is, I did not do that, but I did make a post where I wrote down the date so I could remember it on our awesome social media, which every single one of you should be following and listening to and looking at every day of your life. Every day. You should be listening to the build plate. Anywhere you go, Tiki Taki, Instagram, the underscore build underscore plate. You will find us there. And I want you to smile because you're listening to a podcast. And you know what? Refer us to our friend. We love when that shit happens. It's like we're holding hands with your friend. Exactly. Absolutely 100%. So today we have an exciting episode, and it is coffee part numero two, which is fitting because today is Tuesday. It's perfect. It's part two. Our producer has called it the bean has spoken. So in 1570, coffee finally arrived in Venice, Italy. And it quickly became popular. In fact, in 1915, Pope Clement VIII decided... You just said 1915? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. In 1615, believe it or not, guys, that was not a mistake by our producer. That was a mistake by my own two eyes. And I'm sorry. So in 1615, Pope Clement VIII decided that the drink must be satanic. And we don't know the origin of why he said it was of the devil for the devil, but we do know that he said this. But lo and behold, upon further inspection, and it may have been the fact that people stayed awake during his sermons, he gave into it and he gave glory to the beverage. And he said, it is of our Christian heritage to love this beverage. And he baptized it and declared it a Christian beverage, which from that day on helped coffee spread across the world. And that's what we're going to get into now, a little bit about how coffee spread across the, across the world. Yeah, I, it seemed like once uh, Mr. Mr. Pope Clement was like, this is blessed, this is good coffee, this is good for soul. Uh, from there, um, everyone wanted to get in on coffee. Because it was the new holy water, um, and so mm-hmm. as the 1600s, blessed by the church itself, yep, blessed by yep. Jesus Himself, bless this coffee. Uh, anyways, so uh, around the 1600s, so we have the 17th century starting. Um, coffee houses are, are are springing up everywhere. I mean, like they're big metal spring, and they're just jumping out. Um, boing boing we, boing. We got coffee st- houses starting off in Europe, in England. In Austria, France, Germany, and even in some parts of Holland. Do you know where Holland's located? Holland is located in the Netherlands. You actually got it very right. Um, and what Good. language do they speak? Dutch. 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 Do Dutch. they speak Dutch? 
Spreken de Dutch. Spreken de Dutch. Spreken de Dutch. Anyways, moving on. You know, most of the coffee houses uh, took on more of that Arabia kind of look and feel. Um, mm, okay. These places then also soon became places of public conversation. Oh, that, of course. That, and, you know, with that, you got these. That's a kind of very similar to coffee shops now. So, yes. I agree. You got these social hubs where people would engage in, in phys- philosophical questions and conversations. Philosophical, and I believe. Philosophical and, and political debates. And also, in England particularly, these coffee houses were, were known as penny universities. You so, give a penny for your coffee and you get a buttload of information. That's why. That's it. And you know what? It's crazy because a lot of these little tiny hubs turned into like really big businesses. For example, Edward Lloyd. Really? Yeah, this is a company uh, that went pretty big um, between the the 18th, the 17th and 18th centuries. Um, and so it, it got very, very big. It was, it was pretty, even turned into a large scale insurance company. That's amazing. So we're talking England. We're talking all these penny universities. Soon the fine gentlemen and gentlewomen of England were gathering and discussing and having all these intellectual conversations about all sorts of things from gravity to where does our hair come from to why am I attracted to that lady? All sorts of things were going on in these. And so in Oxford, they opened the very first coffee club. And the very cool thing about this coffee club is it was called the Oxford Coffee Club. That's not the cool thing. The cool thing is, is it became and grew into the Royal Society, which is like the gatekeeper for all things sciences in England, which by the way, yes, the most famous maybe of all is Sir Isaac Newton. And fun fact for the audience, I just want to bring this in here, wrap it in because I saw this recently. Like a Christmas tree. Exactly. Wrap it like a Christmas tree or a Christmas present. Think of this. Today I saw Sir Isaac Newton's apple tree, the one that he got the idea of gravity from when he saw an apple fall to the ground. It got knocked down itself. So the law of gravity was working on the apple tree now. And unfortunately, it got knocked down today during a very severe storm. But it's not the end of the world. It's certainly not the end of the world because this tree has three genetic offspring that the fine people probably from the Royal Society have chosen to duplicate. Very interesting story there. Don't you agree? Super interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of came out of nowhere, but uh, I don't don't hate it. Isn't that a cool Uh, fact that the producer didn't write down? That's my own fact. I brought this one. I carry it right here with me to the table. you, You know what? Your little pocket of knowledge that you have, it's... It's like Barney Fife and his bullet. You just never know when it's going to come out. For those of you who do not get that reference, I do not blame you. That is because Asher and I did not grow up with the TV. And when we were allowed to watch TV, we had what they call Amish TV. And that is, you have a few channels. And in these channels, there was something called, what was it called? The, the, the... History Channel? Channel no, 57, I think it was. Not 57, 69. <laughs> and that's not like a joke. It was basically classic TV cho- shows. And on this classic TV shows, we watched things like Bonanza, 
a very good Western show that I highly recommend you to watch if you have never watched Western classic TV. But anyways, there's a show called The Andy Griffith Show. It's The Andy Griffith Show, starring Andy Griffith and Don Knotts as Barney Bernie Fife. Fife. Anyways... I said Bernie Fife, not Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what went on there. But anyways, yes, this show had a really energetic police officer that kept okay, listen, you are going into so much detail to explain my simple <laughs> term. Okay, they, they don't care. We're moving on. <laughs> Can we talk about coffee houses now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. look, sorry it was cute that. to be nostalgic and go down the yeah, tree of memory, but that. I just wanted to let our audience know where that came from. It was very I mean, listen, the people who get it are going to get it, and the people who don't, it's going to float right up, right by. I agree. So let's move on. Coffee houses after the Royal Society or during the same time period, coffee houses became the go-to place for English men. If they were not working or at a pub drinking beer, they were at coffee houses guaranteed. So the women at this time, I don't know if this is historically accurate or if our producers put this in here for a joke, but the women at this time were very, very, very furious as their husbands were never home anymore. They were always out drinking coffee and engaging in religious and political discussions. What do you think? What the hell? I mean, this is like the the different times, but I can only imagine the conversation is, you know, instead of how maybe a modern conversation would be like, man, my husband, he's such a deadbeat. You know, he's never mm-hmm. around. This right. conversation would be more like, man, my husband's always out, you know, away from home learning about religion and political discussions. What an enlightened man he's become. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's still never then, around for his And then kids. the other lady would say, he's so enlightened mentally, but his body's getting a little heavy. He's certainly not enlightened in a physical way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they were thinking. Yeah, that's absolutely what happened. You know happen. what? With, with the whole <laughs> women enraged that their husbands were drinking coffee aside, the coffee... You pretty much had conquered Africa at this point. It had conquered across the the Indian Ocean and it swept over over Europe. and And this little tiny bean was about bean, to bean. Wake, make make its way a little further, and and, and it's going to go west and conquer. Going to go west. Every nation touching the Atlantic Ocean, and it did this. There's a little story that goes along with this. Okay. In the early 18th century, the Dutch decided to extend their generosity um, in a way that would change coffee farming forever. I mean, it, quite literally, this is you're going to see a, a catalytic you know story happen after this. But I'm excited. The mayor, the mayor of Amsterdam decides, well, he is going to give King Louis the Ninth of France a young coffee plant in 1714. And while although the Dutch could not cultivate their coffee trees in Holland, they could keep them alive in special cultivating greenhouses. This plant was so important to King Louis IX that he protected it with the Royal Botanical Gardens of Paris. Very special. It was guard, wow. armed guard, armed guard. That's it's armed guard in the garden of. Is that why gardens are called gardens? Because they're guarded. I you know. It's a good term. Let's look it up. Why is a garden called a garden? Thank you. I need to know this. 
This is a very important question. Let's get this on the docket. Let's no. All right. Uh, a garden. It, it, okay. So ultimately, it stems from the Latin word gird. Gird. Okay. Very this nice. This word means bro- broadly. It means open space. Open space makes sense. So a garden is open space. Exactly, and it learn it, it basically lends itself these two words in English. So so garden is is either a garden or yard. So mm. you you had this whole arena with the high ceiling garden. It makes sense the classical use of the term gird. Let's talk about how this tree and how the Dutch passing the tree on to the French actually led to the growth of coffee in places that we didn't even know were possible at the time. And we meaning human beings. I wasn't there, guys. I know there's a theory out there that I had time travel. Not true. Don't get anything in your head. I do not time travel. So anyways, let's talk about this. So a guy in the French Navy named Gabriel Metal de Glu was stationed in Martinique, but happened to be visiting Paris. So he... he he was on vacation from his vacation in the Caribbean, which that's just wanna, Martinique I just want to point is. out, correction, yeah. it's Martinique. Martinique, sorry. Thank you for that. Uh, I will now say it like that from now on. So he was stationed in Martinique. That's located in the Caribbean. He was back in Paris. And we don't know whether or not the king uh, gave him some coffee, uh, some of the coffee tree, or maybe he stole them. Some people think he stole them. That's a very big controversy when it, when we're talking about coffee and the origins of it in, in, in the places we're going to get to, which you already heard. I said Caribbean. So that should tell you that we're going to talk about the Caribbean a little bit. So anyways, this guy took that coffee tree and he ended up putting it on his boat as he set sail for the Caribbean, which happened to be the ideal coffee growing condition, location. Yeah, but you know what it was? It was a long journey. For Declio. I love it. You say that way better than I do. From now on, uh, you're going to be the Frencher. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but he, the problem was he's struggling to keep this plant alive. He was like, he was doing some crazy shit to keep this plant alive. Was he really? What was he yeah, doing? Yeah, apparently there, the water was pretty scarce on the boat that he was traveling mm, in. Because so. there's salt water. Yeah, salt water. Can't drink it. So he was having to do like, you, you know what he was having to do? What was he having to do? He was having to give his water supply up for the plant. And, and to me, what that a tree sounds hugger. pretty crazy. What a that tree hugger. That sounds pretty freaking crazy. What a tree you, hugger. you know what? He was an 18th century tree hugger. That's exactly what The first was. of its kind. I guarantee But it. you know what? His sacrifice was not in vain. He arrived on the beautiful island of Martinique. And he said, wow, this is cool. And he was so secret. I'm sure he, he said it this. just like that. He said, wow, yeah, he guys, like, this wow, is cool. this is so cool. I'm back <laughs> in my home. He's like, I'm back in my hood. And so he, he goes in and he plants the coffee plant with the other plants and it flourished. It was amazing. Within three years, coffee planta- plantations would spread through Martinique, St. Dominique, and Guadalupe. And, and all these areas are very, very tropic. So uh, let's continue on here. Now we're at 1730, progressing onward. We're in the Caribbean, and now we have an English governor of Jamaica, and his name is Sir Nicholas Laws, and he brought plants of coffee to his island, and within the, he must have saw that the French were doing so good with growing coffee that he wanted in on this. 
So within a short time of coffee being Jamaica, coffee was growing deep in the Blue Mountains and was ex this area was exceptional for growing coffee. Uh, did you know that Brazil grows more coffee today? I know we were just talking about Jamaica. Now we're switching track and we're talking about Brazil. That's a, you know what, that, that's a curveball by the producer. <laughs> it is. It's a major curveball by a producer, but we're going to roll with it. So did you know that today Brazil grows more coffee than any other country in the world? Did you know that? I know well, it now. We have to understand how this all got started. We would be a dumb podcast if we did not ask how did this a all get started. A dumb podcast. And we're not dumb. We're not dumb. No, we're not dumb. So with a Brazilian, it all started, sorry, with a Brazilian wax. Nope, nope, nope. That's not how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it all wrong, started. Wrong thing. Wrong thing wrong to be thing. cultivating. Wrong notes. That's <laughs> next week. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It all started with a Brazilian colonel by the name of Francisco de Melo Palheta. And Francisco was sent to Guana to settle a dispute between the Dutch and the French. And we just talked about how these two people were heavy in the coffee game. So maybe this is how. Anyways, this was in 1727. And his priority was to get coffee and bring it back to brazil at whatever cost so he wasn't gonna go settle a dispute he was gonna go steal coffee and that's what we know now but we, they didn't wow. know that back then they didn't know that back then they didn't know it but uh francisco was a little crafty uh he he actually went to the french governor and he said listen i i need to have that coffee coffee bean i need to have a coffee tree and he was very very you very quickly shut down. No, we're not giving. We're not giving you any coffee beans. Well, he was like, you know what? I have a backup plan. What was his backup plan? Let me gonna, guess. I am just gonna flirt with the French governor's wife. Oh my and God! He romcom boy. He oh, used the romcom boy. And he oh got God. her to be like, yo, do me out of more. And he got her <laughs> to give a handful of clippings. So he could take them back to Brazil. And wow. he started, he actually single-handedly started with a couple no flirts way. and a smooch, the largest coffee empire on the entire planet. To and that is day. how we end. Well, I think a last episode, though, before we go ahead and cut it off, is I said I would say my favorite kind of coffee. And my oh, favorite you did? Cup of coffee, yes, I did. Is mm -hmm. My favorite cup of coffee is Sumatra. It's a good blend. Sumatra. Uh, a, Sumatra. Sumatra, Sumatra. Whatever you want to say, I like mm. how it tastes. It's a good roast. Mm -hmm. um, it's also it grinds up pretty well. It creates the best French press coffee that you could ever kind of uh, taste. You're what about French you? Presser. What's your favorite? Are, you're yeah, also a French presser. presser? It's probably because you speak, you you did so good in that French section today. It's definitely. I didn't even need to guess. I'm just mm -hmm. kind of trying to point it out to our audience. There's something going on with Asher. He's a little Frenchy guy. I don't I'm know what's going French. on. Maybe he he read like Bonjour or something today. I don't know. Anyways, my favorite cost coffee asher my favorite coffee is actually dependent on the time of day in the morning i will drink a um a, a very mm -hmm. light bodied roast typically from um a tropical area i i, I really don't care where it comes from as, as long as it's light body um and then in the in in the evenings I like to drink a French roast that's darker, especially after a big meal. It helps It helps me eat my dessert. It's, it's like a dessert coffee. It's very good. So that's how I handle my coffee. That's how I deal with it. 
on a day-to-day. My coffee and I have a great relationship, as I hope you guys have with our podcast. What do you think, Asher? I think that's a great <laughs> great way to, to end it. I hope everyone comes back for part three, and you guys have a great rest of your day. All right, guys, I got to go. I guess the dog peed all over the floor, so I got to pick it up. This podcast has been produced and edited by Asher and Rainer Brown. Boop, <laughs> boop,